Test, test. Can you just uh, talk in your normal voice? Just for this a is my normal voice right here. Can you hear my voice all right? Does Perfect. Yeah, okay? you're coming through okay, perfectly good. fine. So we're going to give it a, a five count so we know, where to, we know where to cut this. And we're just going to get going, so... And hello and welcome to an extra episode of Movie Theater Time Machine for this month of good, bad, or bad, bad movies. I'm joined by my new friend Mike. Of course, I'm Nick. Uh, Mike is a part of the Projection Booth bod- Podcast. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about that one, man? Yeah, sure. We've been uh, working for... Uh, we're coming up on our 12th year next year, uh, coming up on our 600th episode. Congratulations. And, yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Congratulations. So, yeah, we've been doing it for a while, and, uh, you know, as I say, it keeps me out of the bars. Yeah. This has kept me out of the bars a lot, has really kept my sanity, too, so I know exactly what you mean. Oh, uh, yeah, especially yeah. during the pandemic. Oh, able to connect yes. with people. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's a, we were all apart still doing it remotely. I can tell you just hearing somebody else's voice was amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you completely. Now, uh, Mike has come aboard and has um, been through our friend Steve, and uh, he has agreed to watch the next Karate Kid with us. And to try to oh, think of boy. it now... Now, let's just say bluntly first, do you think it's a good, bad movie or a bad, bad movie? Oh, boy. Um, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Uh, I guess it might be a bad, bad movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you seen the other Karate Kid movies? I have. I grew up on the first Karate Kid movie, and I don't know if I ever went back for the sequel. For sure, I never saw they got up to three, right? Yes, this was they kind did. Of a yes, yeah. type of thing. Yeah, and then they did the real reboot with Jackie Chan, which I haven't seen that one either. No desire. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the one with Jackie Chan is fantastic. Oh, really? It really is worth checking out. Honestly, they carried some things over from the first movie, but I think they stepped it up a bit. And um, I personally am a big fan of remakes. And, you know, not necessarily that I love every one of them, but I'm also like, you know what? If you're going to remake something, let's give it a shot and see what you can do. Because in reality, there's about, what, seven stories all around, you know, in reality that, you know, they just get told over and over again in different versions of it. So you might as well see what's going on, you know? Right, right. So, I mean, Projection Booth Podcast, I mean, you said you've been here 12 years um, but is, do you do movie reviews like us, or how's that work goes out? Yeah, so we go through, uh, kind of talk about a film, uh, yeah. try to do as much of a deep dive as we can. So if it's something like, you know, The Karate Kid or something, I would try to read the screenplay, talk with some of the actors or director if possible, um, have those interviews featured. And because I'm a glutton for punishment, I would watch all of the sequels, remakes, all of that kind of stuff, just so that I oh, wow. was coming to the discussion 100% prepared. Wow. And probably talk about the, some of those as we go along and just how the, uh, the the story might have changed. And then I would, of course, with something like this, have to watch Cobra Kai. So, But I didn't do any of that stuff for your show. I just watched The Next Karate Kid because I hadn't seen it before and was very curious about it. Not a big Hillary Swank fan. So I think that's one of the reasons why I avoided it. Was that your hindrance overall, really? 
um, to to not have seen this one before. Yeah, I think probably I probably aged out of the Karate Kid movies. Like I said, I grew up watching that first one, gotcha. and I was okay yeah. with that one, even though I always felt that. Daniel did a little bit of an illegal move with that kick. Oh, he end. totally did. Yeah. He, he totally did. I mean, as a person who, for myself, I grew up with the first one as well. I mean, locally, the first one came out on my birthday oh, on the nice. day on the day I was born. So I have a really, I have a really like secret, you know, yearning towards that, and I want to protect it. You know, right. and I didn't want to watch Cobra Kai for that very same reason. I'm like, no, because this is a perfect movie. I didn't want to watch, um, I didn't want to watch the Jackie Chan version. I'm like, that's a perfect movie. What are you doing? And, you know, then I, I looked at those and I loved them all, but yeah, you know, he totally did an illegal move. Right. Um, you know, but have you seen the Cobra Kai series? I haven't, but I've okay. heard that I would like it. It is actually very good, but in the first 30 seconds of the, of the pilot episode, they actually address that immediately. Nice. They zoom in, and you see he gets kicked right in the chin, and I'm like, okay, that is illegal. That is illegal. And for me, I mean, I am a black belt, and I was on the New England Karate Commission, and somebody who was officiating that tournament would have said no. You know, <laughs> like, overrode the judge and go, no, that's not right. He got hit in the chin. Let's move on, but it still would it still makes an amazing story. Oh yeah! Um, but for this one, since you haven't seen the others and just saw this, what's your initial impression? I mean, this feels like it feels like what it is. It feels like a fourth film. You know, by this time, uh, Daniel Sun has aged out. It feels like they're kind of grasping at. You know, we want to recapture that magic, so we're going to have Mr. Miyagi with a brand new student, and so it hits so many of those same beats as the first movie. But I would say that Haley Swank is even more of a brat than Daniel was, oh, than Ralph Macchio yeah. was. Oh yeah, and she's just so angry, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I kind of understand. I was a teenager once too, but when you're watching it as a 50 year old, it's like, oh my god, kid, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I felt the same way. I was 38. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, oh, Mr. Miyagi. Oh my god. You're so awful, Mr. Miyagi. Oh my god. And I'm like, I'm like, why? Why are we doing this? And maybe, yeah. you know what? Maybe you hit a point though. Maybe it is our age. You yeah. know, maybe it is our age itself or that you look at some of those like a, that makes it a bad movie or like movies we loved or I loved personally as a kid. Some of them I still love. But then I watch it again. I'm like, oh, yeah, I love it. Oh, my God, that was god-awful. <laughs> it's yeah. like when you watch Ferris Bueller now, and I'm just like, this kid. Dude, that I, kid's an asshole. Yeah, he's a total asshole. <laughs> and I used to love that kid when I was a kid. <laughs> he's an asshole. He completely is an asshole. I, I'll pull a weird one for you. But this is like a, this is a, a movie that I thought was wonderful and ends up being a terrible movie as an adult. Is I watched the movie Weird Science. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. And, and as a teenager, I'm like, okay, you know, kids that are my age, you know, Anthony Michael Hall and whoever the other actor was creating a hot girl in the middle of their room and, you know, we're using computers and it's going to be great. I'm like, all right, cool. And then I watched it in my thirties and I'm like, I just want to kick the shit out of these two kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really just, I'm like, what the hell happened? But you have a point though. 
you have a point. Um, what stuck out as maybe, like, you haven't seen the others, but what stuck out as a high point in, in some of these movies? Right. I mean, obviously, Pat Morita is yes. always fantastic, though I felt a little bad for him, kind of having to really play up the accent and really play down him, um, you know, because he's a brilliant man and a great actor. And then having to do this kind of chop suey type accent, I was like, oh, my God, this is I feel yeah. bad for him. Um but for this movie, for the next crowd of kid, those monks are fantastic. And every scene with the monks, I'm just like, give me a story about the monks. Maybe like how, how this girl found this hawk. Like yeah. that would be kind of cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's the origin story with this hawk, yes. please? But, yes. I would love to see that as what, how do okay, you all of a sudden, okay, you have a bird. Or then another thing is I, I live close to Boston. Uh-huh. Nobody talks like that in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody talks like that. I'm sure there's a slight Michigan accent, I'm sure, where you are. But, you know, you look at it like, oh, we're based in Michigan. You're like, no. no. Right. You right. Know, no. And it's just like, no. They're like, hi, Julie, how are you? And this is a wonderful song. Like, no. No, if you really had it, like, good guy, come on. Okay, you have, you have a freaking bird up there. Right, like, right. Like, what's wrong with you? You know? <laughs> you know? What the hell is wrong? You got a freaking bird. You know how much of the diseases up in that bird over here? Or, you know, or something like, like that. I mean, it would be right. more authentic. And I agree with you with Pat Merida. I mean, he is an amazing actor. Um, but it made, and I've seen the original series and Cobra Kai and other stuff, but Pat Morita had a lot of problems when filming that, you know, the karate, the next karate kid. Uh, you know, he had, he had a drinking problem and it's, it's very obvious when you know uh, that, um, that he's stumbling his words and, you know, through the original movie, um, if you may remember, like Mr. Miyagi was this wise man who, um, who brought the best out of other people. Right. And I feel personally, and I don't want to, you know, put too much into your thoughts, but I feel personally that Mr. Miyagi was portrayed as a mystical, mystical martial arts man. Very much so, yeah. yeah. Like, he's just like, oh, he's got this wisdom. And, um, in our full review, we talked about the scene where he, you know, the, the hawk angel starts flying away. And he does the little hand rub thing, and it looks like he cures the hawk. Right, right. You know, and it's like, no, that's not what happens, is he just kind of feels it, says, okay, it's fine, and then Julie pushes it. That's what's supposed to happen, but it's just terrible writing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just absolutely terrible writing. Like, is there another movie, I mean, you've had, we've had over 300 episodes, I mean, you've had over 600 is there another one like this? You're like, oh my god, this is bad. <laughs> Luckily, most of the time I try to stick to good movies. Yeah. But, I mean, we've talked about Battlefield Earth on this show, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> you win. <laughs> you win. Uh, we've done some that are terrible. In reality, like, um, we had, um, uh, we had Eraserhead. Oh, I love that movie. Early on, and I mean, Eraserhead almost caused me to quit. Oh, boy. At first, <laughs> but then we had a movie called Existo. 
Oh, I I like that movie too. You so do we that one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. I'm not man. No judgment. No I, judgment by far. But I mean, you look at it like what makes so. I mean, this is good too because we have a little bit of difference, but. What makes a movie like, I'll give you another one, like Tommy's, Tommy Wiseau's The Room? Oh boy, yeah. Yeah, and what makes a movie that's bad, but it's still good in your opinion? Oh, I think a lot of it is the quotability. Yeah. And also the, the shared experience. I mean, so many people by now have seen The Room more than it ever would have gotten had it not had that cult cachet. And now it's like, it's like a, ticket into a club you know you can say like you know what they say love is blind and then like people are just gonna like get right there you even say like hi doggy and people just know exactly what you're saying and it's like oh brother hey (laughs) (laughs) i mean you're right too and i still quote that i have a uh or one of our co-hosts dan and i've died been holding back for years, going up to him, go, come on, Danny, let's go home. <laughs> but it's just, it, you're right, though. But what makes it, so you got that quotability, but what makes a movie bad, bad? Like, when you're looking at it, like, ooh, like, uh, For me, it's boring. Okay. You know, that's the, that's the worst offense for me, is something that is just plain boring and isn't getting any of those synapses firing whatsoever. It's just like, Give me something. And I might start to latch on to things in a bad movie and start to think, well, are they really trying to do this? And just trying to figure out like what the filmmakers were even trying to say. And then after a while, if it's really a truly bad movie, it's just like, no, they don't know what they're trying to say. And I just have to kind of write it off. But yeah, those, those are the ones. Boring movies are probably the worst sin for me. Boring. Okay. Okay. How about you? Uh, for me, it's like when it's really bad, you're at one point you hit, I agree with, is when they don't know what the hell they're doing. Right. Like, or a plot starts to manifest and then dies. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. what happened with this? You know, like, what about the girl over there? Like, you see a really bad horror movie, and then, you know, where somebody gets up and it's the general's consensus. Like, you know, maybe it's something like, you know, I, as much as I love Friday the 13th, somebody gets up and leaves and then they're like, what the hell? <laughs> like, right. you know, okay, you know, it's, you know, extra paid for the day and they got off and fucked off right out of the movie, you know, or something. And then like, those are the ones you're like, how did that happen? Right. But you have something that was like quotability, like a, a bad movie statistically, but a genuinely good one is the movie Good Bird. Uh-huh. Like, because it's so quotable, and there are, there are actors and actresses that just totally disappear. Right. Out of nowhere, and there are plot points that make no sense, you know, and you still, you question it later and go, okay, why did they drive a car into a stadium just to deliver Shaq food? <laughs> and you just go, meh. And, you know, but still, you're just riding along with this because it's so insane. Oh, yeah. And, you know, to like, we were talking, like, Tommy Wiseau's The Room. It's one of those, like, I am not a drinker. By far. I'm not a drinker, and none of us really are. But you feel intoxicated after. Oh, yeah. Well, like, when yeah. you look at it, you're like, you know, or he, um, one of those we've done, uh, a quote we've done over time, like, 
uh, one of the guys pushes him and he goes, don't touch me, motherfucker. Like, and, <laughs> and it gets to it. And you're like, but in this one, like with the next karate kid where I know Pat Morita is a great actor. Right. And he's delivering lines that are supposed to be like Groucho Marx type. You, know, you can almost picture the cigar, like, oh, you know, or like, what can I do? Or like, there's one line where, if I just to get a pen ready for you just to show this, where Hillary Swank is done with, you know, the teenage boys, and she's like, when are you going to teach me something cool, Mr. Miyagi, like how to break boards? And the line was supposed to be delivered, why break board? What board do to you? Right. And still, his line is, why break board? What board do to you? And then he staggers off the scene. Uh, and yeah. you see Hilary Swank's face, not as Julie Pierce, but her, as the actress just look and go, what the hell? Like, <laughs> it, like okay, that's the take? Like, <laughs> we're good? Like, it just, like, visibly confused. That oh. makes it a terrible movie to me. Yeah, I'm so. Maybe you can tell this one to me. Um, Go ahead. So the bullies, they know she's got the hawk up in this aviary up on top of the school, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah. And they find that out, and then they take the hawk, and then they what? Take it to an animal shelter because that's where they go to pick it up. They take it to animal control. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, which yeah. is a logical thing to do. Yeah, those bullies are kind of nice that way. Yeah, which is which is a logical <laughs> thing to do. But yet, you know, from the original movie, and here's another deviation of this. You have compared like Karate Kid 1 to the next Karate Kid for a second. Just in structure alone. Because they took some things from the original movie. Oh, yeah. In the original movie, you have Cobra Kai and John Kreese. This one you have in, you know, this one I didn't know this until I was reviewing it, but those guys were supposed to be the football team. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you know, you didn't know that either? No. No, no, I did not. Like, no that was the, like, that was the football team? Like wow. the football team also doubling as security. And then you have Colonel, du Colonel Dugan. Like a sharp contrast of quality. Yeah. An extremely sharp, like Chris Conrad is a good actor and plays good villains, but comparison to Martin Cove, like there's no comparison. Like the guy oh, yeah. today alone in his mid seventies can walk around and just hold the collar of his shirt like this and scare the shit out of somebody. You know, like and do that. I doubt anyone's going to remember Colonel Dugan. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, and I love Michael Ironside, and yeah. I kept Colonel, getting flashes. Michael Ironside, that's right. You yeah, see, I, I fucked getting, it up, too. Oh, don't, don't sweat it. I kept getting visions of uh, Starship Troopers, which, to me, is a much better movie. Like, when it's, you know, I oh, forgot who thinks he they can take me? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot he was in that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great, yeah. hard-ass teacher yeah. and then just kind of shows up as that sergeant later on you are it's wonderful holy crap that's right that's right he made so oh my god that was such a i really wish i watched that too 
<laughs> I know it's such a better movie, right? Yeah, but that's one of those, it's like it's known to be historically bad. My wife and I watched that, I think it was about two years ago for the show. And we watched that, and we're like, oh, it's terrible, but you're going to remember, like, it wasn't really that bad. No, it's a uh, great movie, in hell, my opinion. But it was like, you know what, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah. I think Fairhoven is going for the camp, big yeah. time. Oh, and yeah. And just layering it on, and just, you know, just... Such a commentary on like news cycles and yeah. just, you know, propaganda and this yeah. whole like, oh, we're all in it to win it. And yeah. it's amazing. And I think that's another thing where it's good, bad, and bad, bad is when it knows it's terrible. Oh, yeah. And just leans on in. Oh, I think all of the play with Casper Van Dien and Denise Richards and her vacuous smile and everything, yeah. I, I think it's perfect. They're like the Aryan youth. Or <laughs> yeah, where it leans in. I'm like, is, is there other movies you can think of where it's like it's bad, but it leans in on the bad? Oh, geez. I mean, there's there's the comedies that know that they're stupid and lean yeah. into that. Yeah. Um, you know, like your you know starts getting Hutch and those kind of things. Like, I mean, uh, what's his name? Ben? Um, not Ben. What am I blanking on? His his name? Uh, Zoolander. I mean, Zoolander. Ben Stiller, his yeah. his filmography is rife with bad, bad movies that they know that they're bad. Yeah, you know, like Dodgeball is a great example exactly. of that. Great one. Yeah, yeah. It's a stupid, yeah. stupid movie, but yeah. God, do I enjoy it. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds has a similar track like that. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Like he has one. Everybody's forgotten about the movie, but it's a movie called Waiting. Oh God! What is that one? Yeah. Is that the the waitress movie? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a day in the life of a, of working at a restaurant, right? And anyone who worked like if you haven't worked at a restaurant, you're like, oh, this is weird. But if you worked at a restaurant, you're like, yeah, this is dead on accurate. <laughs> this is absolutely dead on accurate with some of the things that happen and you know the jokes and the games that they play. And I mean, I don't want to get further into it, but. Where you see that and they lean and they know it's crass, they know it's bizarre, and the budget itself was only like, because it was filmed in three days. Right. The budget itself was only $12,000. Wow, good for them. And then it made it, it just, it was was somebody's love letter. Right. The director, writer, producer, I mean, it was just his own thing. He maxed out his credit cards just to pay for this movie. And his script is damn funny. Like that, right. that to me is the reality that we want to see. Yeah, exactly. You know, that we want to see is just, I, I think, you know, for movie theater time machine, and I, it seems like you and I have, we have very similar shows, but there, we're losing the ability to, uh, really celebrate. I don't say we're losing the ability to celebrate, we're losing that, er- that era. That I think you and I grew up on is, you know, when you go to the theater and you see something in that communal experience, and it's good that Uh, we have streaming now, but you're kind of losing that ability to go, ooh, this may be good. Yeah. 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 You know, where it's like, even even if if it's a horrible movie at first, you still get enhanced by it. You know, oh, yeah. it's the enhancement of it. It was just like, okay, this is all terrible, but we all agree this is a terrible movie. Yeah, when the audience turns on a movie, that's yeah. pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, we all know this is terrible. You know, um, there's, um, 
one that I was thinking of, like, it was like kind of a good or a bad, bad thing. And there was a movie by Julianne Moore. Okay. And it was called Alien. Oh, okay. nobody remembers this movie. Yeah. By far. And it was awful. And, you know, her kid gets abducted in the movie and she spends a while trying to figure out what happened. And it turns out he was abducted by aliens. And they all were aliens. Like, everybody she ever knew was an alien. And they tried to turn it into a Twilight Zone. And then suddenly there are weird effects. And, you know, aliens start abducting people who knew the truth to try to still control her. No real explanation as to why it happened. But then the entirety of the crowd just started bashing it. And it became an MST3K film. Like, all of a sudden, we all just started inserting it because it's edited weird and it's bizarre. And, like, and that is what we're losing. Right. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. when you watch a bad movie and you can joke about it on, on your couch, but then when you see it in this big collective, and maybe COVID kind of helped, you know, usher that out the door. But I don't know. What do you think, man? Like, yeah, I, I, I used to do a bad movie Sunday with a friend of mine where we would just pick something awful or that we thought would be awful and go to that. And even just him and I, because most of the time the theater was bare because it was Sunday mornings that we would go. Mm. We would just, you know, bop back and forth and just yeah. have a little bit of a conversation, try to pay attention and then just, yeah, riff on the movie a little bit. And not to the point of distraction for other people in the audience, if there were any, yeah. but yeah. It was great. It was so much fun to be able to share that bad experience with somebody that you care about. So how can we get that back? Which Let's go a little on the positive side. I mean, it, I think a lot of people complain about these tentpole movies, you know, especially the Marvel ones and stuff. But, I mean, the last time I heard an audience cheer, like really genuinely get into a movie was Avengers Endgame, you know, and that's like, oh, Agreed. yeah, like, I really, you know, people, the previous one, uh, Infinity War, when Chadwick Boseman turns to dust, there were gasps in the audience. And I was yeah. like, I haven't heard that kind of reaction, yeah. you know, in forever. So yeah. to have that, I think just going back to movies is one of those things. Actually spending your money and going to a theater and seeing stuff with an audience and then having the kind of movie that brings in audiences is really yeah. going to be important because there's still so many things that I go to see where it's just like, that's me and like two other lonely guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that too. Yeah. 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 I've had that too when that has happened and, you know, several, several times, um, you know, I've gone to movies where it's just, you know, I used to do as a kid where it was just myself, uh -huh. you know, oh, just, yeah. just me sitting there. I'm like, what happens? You know? I mean, I don't mind seeing movies by myself, yeah. but, Having that communal experience is so yeah. great. I mean, but when, when I saw Get Out, I mean, the people all around me yeah. were just going great. The gal next to me was just, man, she was into the movie. And I was, I was like, this makes the movie better for me. Yeah. This is great. I, know, I totally agree with you, but I think we also need more love letters. Yeah. You know, of, of you know, like, let the movie play out. And I, I, I'm glad you said Get Out, too, because I think... I think Jordan Peele is like probably our closest to like a, a, like a Shakespeare type, you know, where he is telling, you know, and he's really super funny and then he, he releases some scary crap. Oh yeah. You know, and really yeah. he gets somebody who can convey emotion 
And um, I also, I just saw Wakanda Forever. Nice, yeah. And um, did you see it yet? Yeah, I saw it yesterday. Yeah, it incredible. Like, an incredibly well done flick. And I'm like, oh, but all of it was all the emotion from everybody around me. Right. But nobody had, and as far as I did, I did some digging onto that movie. Um, nobody gave them notes. Uh-huh. You know, there, there was not a single note in the place at all. So we all, you know, that it was just their love letter to Chadwick Boseman. Oh, yeah. You know, and again, yeah. not to spoil too much as I am going to be on another podcast in about a couple of days. Um, you know, just reviewing it more in depth, but that, you know, where we just had just do the love letter, just do that. Even if it is Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Uh-huh. You know, with people screaming and you're watching it, but having people throw spoons at the screen when a spoon shows up, you know, or the, you know, the dress, the music, the oh, candles, boy, yeah. and there's nothing like that. You know, what's going on here? You know, or just, you know, something like that. That'll draw you back in. You know, do you think yeah. so too? What's that? Do you think so too? I think so too. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Dig. Yeah, I I miss that communal experience. So yeah. being able to attend a Wakanda Forever, I'm just like, oh, look at all the people in the theater. This is fantastic. Yeah, and I hope it does come back. I really, I really do. And I think even if we have, even if you have something like maybe there's another COVID surge and it just becomes, uh, you know, drive-in movies again, you know, or something like that, that that comes about. So you see people in their cars who are all doing that collective experience, uh-huh. you know. Oh, yeah. You know, That's where just, the power of honking comes in. Yeah. <laughs> honking, flashing the lights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true, true. And I mean, I would say to listeners, though, I mean, there is a, there are a lot of drive-in movie theaters still around. You know, they're still around here. We have a seasonal one in Rhode Island around this area that is does exceptionally well. Just don't eat the food. Uh, <laughs> bring, bring your own food, though. Bring your own food. <laughs> Uh, but it is really, it is really good. So, I mean, there are opportunities. I don't want you to think like there's nothing either. Um, but I would say, um, so back up with the next Karate Kid, what are, do you have any other thoughts on that movie? Or like, what, and I'll just kind of stop and see where you, see where you need to go from here. Well, I was really bummed because uh, I just have been watching um, the Sam Fuller's naked kiss and constant towers is the star of that so i was when she showed up in the credits and then she's there at the beginning of the film i was like yeah great constant yeah. towers this is great and then she just disappears and she Ooh. never comes back to the movie yeah. ever like yeah. not even in the last shot of the movie it's yeah like, oh that was a right. total missed opportunity yeah that was yeah. a total i agree that was a total missed opportunity yeah it's yeah. like you've got this all this problem, all this tension at the beginning of the film, Hillary Swank goes away. We never check in with Constance Towers. There's not even, I don't even think there's a phone call to nope. be like, hey, here's how I'm doing, or well, no. I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for sending me to Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, that was a, a yeah. total miss on that. And they just forget about the whole beginning of the film. Yeah. And um, we do this thing on the shows, the game called Fantasy Casting. So, and I'll ask you of a, you know, movie connoisseur to movie connoisseur, who would you replace in this? And there's no wrong answers here. With what actor, who, who, who would you change? 
I would definitely, like I said at the very beginning, not a big Hillary, Hillary Swank guy. I have yet to, I mean, I think she was really good in Boys Don't Cry. But like everything else good. that I've seen her in, I'm not a big yeah. supporter, you know, especially yeah. like, uh, I mean, I know she's not to blame for Black Dahlia, but, but just, I think she was horribly miscast in Black Dahlia. Um, but yeah, as far as who I would replace her with, I'm, it's like by this time, I think Ali Sheedy would have been a little bit too old, but maybe somebody from that era. And I'm trying to think this was what, oh, 1990? No, yeah, no wrong answer here on that. Okay. So I mean, it could be anything, you know? Yeah, I would say like a young Ali Sheedy, I could get into a lot more than, than, uh, Hillary Swank. You know that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, wow. Yeah, I, I actually, I think, yeah, she would vibe off of Pat Morita pretty well. I think so, yeah. and she can play, like, dark and brooding, and she yeah. can also play light and wonderful, so, yeah. yeah, she's got range, and I think she, you know, as long as she could do that flying tiger kick, we'd be in business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I, I Let's see that. Yeah, that that flying tiger kick was just problematic right from the beginning. I mean, it was executed correctly, but it was just it looked I'm like no, that's just boring. Yeah, that's yeah. just a boring kick. I mean, anyone can do that, and it's just an update of the crane kick. You know, exactly. It's, it's not. Yeah. It's not that same love. It's just different. Um, but you know that really has. I I can't. I can't find any any fault in that at all. Well, thank you. I'm, no, I'm I so can't glad. find any fault in that. That's a that's a damn good pick. I would say Ali Sheedy. I wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty happy with that one. Man. <laughs> I'm pretty happy. So I mean, we've done stuff on our uh, on our podcast before. We've even thrown in like, oh, you know, this one work. We're watching a '90s movie. I'm like, you know, Jimmy Stewart would be great in this. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, great! You know, how are you doing, dudes? And they just there's something just bizarre. It's it's about comedy and insanity and just for fun, right? Yeah, you know? right. So, while we got a few minutes left, I mean, um, would you want to plug anything about your podcast for us? Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, if folks are interested in hearing me shoot off my mouth, go on over to projectionboothpodcast.com, or I've got a whole host of other shows that I do, and they're all available via weirdingwaymedia.com. You can go there and see a bunch of the stuff that I do. And I'm kind of stuck in the 70s. I talk a lot about Columbo and Bernie Miller and uh, Night Gallery. So, yeah, all over those 70s shows. Awesome, dude. Awesome. So... Um, I think we'll end it off here. I want to thank you very much for joining me and for this. Well, thank you for our fans and thank you, Steve, for introducing us. So as we say at one and all, be good, take care of yourselves, but don't be too good.